BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey, this is your host, Alan. Welcome to Porch Talk. Here's another episode of Untapped and Vinyl. So Monk, how you doing this evening, brother? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. I'm Thanks excited. for having me back on. Yes, sir. I'm excited about round two. And so, just a little prelude, and uh, we'll get into it a little bit later. <laughs> I made my way over to Tuscaloosa, the Druid City Brewing, and we picked up the Lamplighter, which is the IPA. I believe we were talking about this last week, because it is, without a doubt, my favorite IPA. It's, I mean, it's got everything. And you know what? It sounds crazy. But like when you belch after a lamplighter, mm-hmm. it's like it's like a fruity pebble thing going on, and it's the best. That's kind of crazy that I know. I mean, you I'm know, gotta get ready for the burn. <laughs> you gotta drink, drink a couple drink big sips, yeah. yeah, and then get on get on to the belching. But uh, but no, anyway, that's a phenomenal beer. We'll talk about that as we come yeah. down. I mean, yeah. And so there's some of your on tap, but just to kind of open things up, we have a show coming up here in Columbus at the Sunstroke House. We got Sarah Shook March 10th. Yes, Sarah Shook and the Disarmers. Their new record, Years, blew... Well, first off, her first record, when it came out, not the stuff she did before the Disarmers, but her mm-hmm. first uh, uh, Sarah Shook and the Disarmers record, Sidelong, when that record came out, I think that was one of those those moments in time that I don't have a whole lot of because I listen to so much music mm-hmm. that I don't have... And in producing an indie show as well every week and doing a radio show... On a normal basis, I don't have a whole lot of time to have my mind blown by certain things or have a time to sit and listen to an entire record. Right. But when I heard Fuck Up by off that first record, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in love. You know, who is this? I got to hear more of it. And I don't even remember where I heard it, just some random playlist, I think, listening yeah. to some artist radio. And that song came on. And it's just, it's so raw. It's so pure. It's like... Um, it's a breath of fresh air. Yeah, it's it's like she's got a punk rock attitude, but she does it in a honky-tonk. <laughs> and it's really kind of cool, man. So I had a chance to, uh, to interview her. I'm also a writer for Okra Magazine, and I had a chance to interview Sarah for the magazine and got to, to know all about her and her upbringing and you know the fact she couldn't listen to anything but Christian music for so many years and stuff like that mm-hmm. you know read the article by the magazine what I would tell anybody but I'm looking very forward to it her new record years 
I think it tops the first record. Okay. So they're steadily now and two records in getting better. So hopefully by the third one. But when they come here to Columbus, it's going to be slamming too because it's a small venue, the Sunstroke House, playing a single room, and she's going to be full band up yeah. in there, and it's going to stand up bass and all. It's going to yeah. Oh yes, stand up bass. Well, man, just to ask you this, uh, just a little bit about you. How'd you get lined up with Oprah? How did that start? Um, I, did, I just got a random email one day. I was sitting at the radio station, and I got an email from a dude named Scott, and he was like, hey, I'm uh, uh, one of the uh, editors of Okra Magazine. Would you be interested in writing articles for us? Yeah. And I'm like, well, hell yeah. I think it just went to our website and saw a couple of the articles that I'd written and was like, hey, this guy sounds cool. I don't really know. Yeah. Um, he never, and I went and met with him down in uh, Cleveland, Mississippi and at a little place called Hey Joe's and we talked and I never asked him, how did you really find me? But regardless, I mean, it's, you know, yeah. it's been really cool to be published in a magazine and I've been in, you know, I was in the first issue and every issue after that. And I've had the opportunity to cover some of my favorite artists like Sarah Shook, uh, the Dexatines was the very first issue because yeah. they asked me, who would you want to bring in first? I'm like, I would love to do an article on the Dexatines because the Dexatines, one of my you know favorite Tuscaloosa bands, one of my favorite Alabama bands. Mm-hmm. Um, their latest record, Teenage Hallelujah. I'm completely unfamiliar with these guys. Oh my gosh, you've got to you got to check that record out. And they're from Tuscaloosa, which yes. is yes. I don't know how that went by me. Yes, it is. Um, it's a phenomenal record. And then I've had a chance to get to know some bands that that they they put in front of me, like the Steel Wheels. I had a chance to kind of get to know them because they were like, "Hey, can you do an article on these guys?" So I listened to their music. I interviewed the lead singer, and I'm a new fan of the band. So. That's really how it's worked because, like, some of the people I've had the chance to interview so far with the Sunstroke House, yeah, I had time to get familiar with their music and, like, maybe look up past interviews. But as far as, like, really getting into the music, yeah, and then being able to sit down and talk to the artist and where does it come from? Where do you come from? And, like, now I get it, I'm a fan, yeah, oh, yeah, that helps when you can hear the story behind it, yeah, and it helps a lot too. Just to, I think, in a lot of instances, and I've learned this from radio because there have been like artists that we've played in the past, just been kind of like, yeah, they're all right, you know. Mm-hmm. But then, say, they come and they play, you know, years ago, they'd come and play the Jupiter in Tuscaloosa, and I'd get a chance to hang out with them or go on the tour bus or whatever, and it's just like they're normal dudes, and it just makes their music even cooler once you get to know them, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you're probably experiencing that a little bit, too, you know, yeah. with, with Pony, uh, Bradshaw. Yeah, sure. And you will with Sarah Shook. I mean, she's a darling, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm I'm ready. And so, the Dexy teams, let's hop off into that a second. So, okay. Tuscaloosa, how long have they been around? What are, what are they what are Oh, they my doing? goodness. I don't know how long the Dexy teams have been around. As uh, Bo Hicks from Druid City Brewing Company would say, he would say uh, they've been around uh, a month of Sundays. You know, um, it's a good way yeah, yeah. Elliot, Elliot McPherson, um, he is uh, one of I just I, I just love his style, his raw, like kind of jangly way he plays guitar, his voice, everything. I think it all kind of fits together perfectly. And, and they're just kind of a raw, like a kind of a blues garage rock. But then they'll switch it up on a record like Single Wide and it'll all just be acoustic stuff. And just blow your damn mind, you yeah. know. It's like you, you never know what to expect. Um, you know, and, and Matt Patton, who is now the bass player for Drive-By Truckers, that was the band he started out in. And he was with the Dexatines for a good long while, even after joining the Truckers. But I, then eventually it's like, you One know, he other. was, yeah, he kind of, I mean, the Truckers tour intensively, you know, and have been for years. So he's, he's down with that. But, you know, now you got my buddy Ronnie playing bass with him. And so it's just a really cool deal, man. I just, um, it, it's, it, it is the sound to me. It's like the sound of 
hanging out in a brewery in Alabama. That's what the Dexatines sound like to me. Or hanging out in like in the in the woods, like an opening or clearing in the woods and sitting on the tailgate. It's not, I don't think in my mind, I don't think Florida Georgia Line and Luke Bryan and all that stuff. I think the Dexatines and the drive-by truckers and, and Isbull, you know, mm-hmm. I think Lucero yeah. when I'm hanging out. On a, uh, I mean, not to say that, I mean, if you hang out and listen to Florida Georgia Line, there's anything wrong with that, but yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, just to me. me. Yeah. yeah, to me, drinking beer. You know, you know, tossing back some cans, popping some tops, and you know, sitting around a bonfire—that's mm-hmm. what I hear. You know, stuff like that. It's uh, Nathaniel Wright lifting the night sweats a lot. For yeah, me. yeah, yeah. I was, uh, heck, it was last time I had went to Oz Music. I took Dad up there with me, and uh, I th- he was wanting to pick up a comedy record. Yeah. <laughs> and on the way up there, I always try to introduce him to some new music because he's, you know, like. He knows about some of the new music, and it's just trying to get him introduced to things I think he might like. And sure. introducing Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats, and played their uh, album with SOB on it. It was like the first one mm-hmm. with Nathaniel and the Night Sweats together. And he was like, man, this is good. And I was like, man, I've been telling you. I was like, there's a lot of good music out there. Yeah. You just got to look. Sure. And, I mean, and luckily he's got a young kid that's listening to some music and got yeah. his head turned in the right direction, you know? Yeah, it's like his his description of that band. It was like perfect, and I was like, I couldn't describe it any better. I hadn't described him like that yet. He was like, if I was hanging out with the with the guys and having a cold beer, or if you know we were grilling out on the back porch, or you know, no matter what we're doing, it's like it's the perfect music for like what I would like to be doing. He's yeah, like, it, yeah. it'll, it'll just set the scene, and I was like, that's a cool way of saying yeah, it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And so, I mean, like, drive-by truckers and those guys, I know exactly what you're saying. It's like, that's what comes to mind when I'm doing this. Yeah. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, Nathaniel Rateliff, have you ever heard him without the Night Sweats? Yeah, Still I mean, Trying is one of my favorite songs. Dude is phenomenal vocalist. Mm-hmm. I had a chance to see him. He did a, he and the Night Sweats with um, uh, the Dirty Dozen Brass Band and somebody else did, I think it was Dirty Dozen Brass Band? Um, did a free show up in Tupelo, Mississippi. Oh, wow. And uh, in like some big square. No, a big square they have up there. It was like a big outdoor kind of festival thing one night. Free to whoever wanted to come up, you know. And uh, Nathaniel Rateliff just, I mean, that band is tight. As tight as the Dick's Hat Band on on stage. It's crazy. Yeah. I know, uh, I was watching, it was KEXP. I watched a lot of their stuff on YouTube. Getting artists come in and they'll interview them between songs and... Um, he was just playing no he didn't even play SOB and it was like the radio guy asked him about SOB and he was like well, what about that and he was like to be honest with you that was my least favorite song on the record yeah but I'll be if it wasn't the song off the record <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> and he was like what's crazy about that is me and the band had talked and this was the last ditch effort if this didn't take off we were done like we enjoyed it but it was time to go ahead and just yeah. Put it aside and well, that, just go that, back. That shit took off. You know? <laughs> it, 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 it. <laughs> and then they got the new record now. I, I will be. It, uh, it is a banger. Okay, I'll be straight up honest. I've heard the two songs they've you released worry off me of it. And and Mama. You, hey, yep, Mama. Yep. And then that's that's all I've heard. Oh. But I mean, I love them both, so yeah. I probably should try it. It is good. Yeah. Because y'all, I don't know. I always get worried about like um because I've seen it happen so many times. Like you know, bands will will put out a record and it'll be phenomenal. And then something happens when, when if the record is it gets to be big, they add more musicians and it kind of distorts the sound a little bit. Not distorts it's too as in, busy. It, it, yeah, it's like you get too much shit going on. It's just too big then. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, you know, because I'm not going to say anything bad about the Shakes because I like what the Shakes have become. But at first, 
when when they put out that that second record, which I said it sounded like it was recorded on a spaceship, because it just sounded like so Is polar. And, and I think they had grown as musicians too, and yeah. so I mean it, it it was showing, you know, and then kind of coming to their own. What was this the second record called? Was it sound and color. Yeah, sound and color. That's it. Yeah, and so and now I love the record, but at first I was like, mm, I don't really like it. I don't know. I don't know. You know. <laughs> So I, I think that happens a lot of times. So I always worry about a band's second record, but uh, I don't know why I'm worried about it. I mean, they're going to do they're going to do what they do. It ain't going to matter about me, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you provide some hits, you're looking for that sophomore. You know, you got to have that hit on the next record you too. Better. You know, you're going to be a one hitter. You're going to be Tommy Two Tone doing eight six seven five three zero nine rest of your life. You know, yeah. in front of a crowd, but. I mean, I guess Nathaniel Rightliff now will always be doing SOB everywhere he goes from this yeah. point on, you know. Yeah. That's what you get when you make hits and make money, you know. That's right. I hope he made money off of it because it's a damn good song. Yeah, no doubt. All right, to kind of change gears, man, let's step off into the Nashville area just for a second. Both these cats have recording studios in the area doing a lot of work. Dan Arbog, for starters. Yes. Black Keys. Yep. And, man, their, their backstory is just ridiculous to me it was um it was one of them bands i picked them up at brothers with uh tighten up and howling for you mm-hmm. that was along the same times yeah. like um oh what was the movie with um cooper where he took the pill and uh bradley cooper yeah oh man uh, yeah i mean movies you're gonna i mean get me i'll take you on music trips all day long but movie trips i get lost that was one of them soundtracks that had um howling for you anyway I'll fill that out later. It wasn't the, the hangover thing, was it? Was he in that? No, it wasn't the hangover. It, wasn't in that. it was limitless. Limitless. There you go. Limitless. See? I mean, I helped you out, man. There you go. Walked you into it somehow. Right, right in there. <laughs> With my own ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> and so it had Howlin' for you on it, and so it was good to see Black Keys, and you started seeing it on car commercials, and then it was appearing in a whole lot of movies, and that was one thing to kind of dive off in the list for a second. My morning jacket, Jim James. Yep. Cobb, uh, he, he sits on, in with me on a lot of episodes of Porch Talk. He has one of the coolest stories about television and music coming together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a music guy. And so like, I can talk about music, you know. Sure. With whoever. As and, we're doing. Yeah. And But when we go to TV, is I don't watch a whole lot of TV, but there's these special times. American Dad wrote in this whole episode for Jim James and My Morning Jacket where the daughter of the main character, the father, she was really into my morning jacket, and he thought it was like a drug trip thing. He's like, just, you know, <laughs> yeah. smoking a lot of dope, and you're going out to this crazy show, and he ends up at a my morning jacket show. Yeah. And even if you're not familiar with the, the characters, if you're familiar with my morning jacket, and like right when they played um, the wordless chorus. Yeah. And so right when he got into the, he's doing the yeah. chorus. Yeah. And he's like, is that an angel? <laughs> is singing to me personally oh and it showed him like a day or two later he was like you know in yoga clothes chilling out listening to Jim James and he's like he completely embraced the lifestyle and he's like my daughter was right and he had a friend who was an American dad fanatic but not a music fan and like trying to turn these type of people on to some new music it's really hard to do sure, because sure, they have cool. their but they were watching that episode together, and he's like, that's that band I've been telling you about. And he watched the episode, and he's like, I like that. And it led the person into like being a pretty big My Morning Jacket and Jim James fan. I was like, perfect. Yeah. And so just with these movie soundtracks, Silver Linings, Black Keys was on that, Alabama Shakes was on it. And so yeah. like, I, I like to highlight these kind of movies, but 
back with Dan Arbach, they had that accidental come up, big come up, to where they hadn't even played a show. Mm -hmm. It was just in uh, the drummer's garage, and Dan had just moved back from college. It was a fail. He had gotten a lot of debt, knew that college wasn't his thing, came back to hometown, started playing bars to pay off the debt. Yeah. And got a band together. He said, Patrick, can I come by? Because they, they were playing before mm -hmm. he moved off to college. And can I come by and record? Yeah, man. I'm going to bring the band. I wonder how awkward that was. But anyway, he, they used to play together. Yeah. Nobody showed up. Just the two of them. It was just Patrick and Dan. Yeah. And so they recorded. And then they started sending it off to record. That's, I've never heard that story. Yeah. Yeah. It's on a, you can, it's like a 15 minute video on YouTube if you want to check that out. And that's like a real quick synopsis. They sent it off to a recording studio, like several in the Ohio area where they're from. And they was like, we're this upcoming band. Um, we played a couple of shows. White Lie. Hadn't played anywhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, we're extremely ambitious, and here's our work. And they sent them, like, a whole album. Because, like, when they done that recording, they just played. Yeah. And they just sang, and, you know, it was just kind of on the fly, just, we're the Blackies. And that's the way, it, and they sent it off, and they, they got a, they got wrote back, and they was like, we'd love to have you in. What? Yeah. So, where are you guys playing? Well, can you get us a gig? Mm hmm And they got them a gig, and, like... You know, it was like 20 people showed up. Yeah. And then they got another one, and it was like a packed house. And then from there, it was just... Yeah, And it went crazy. over to the recording guy, and he's like, I just love their sound, and I didn't know what would happen. I just decided to take a chance. Hmm. And then seven albums deep, we're at Fever, and I mean, they're not... Black Keys are not touring anymore. Like, they're on break, or I don't know if they're done. But Pulling Dan Arbaugh, Beatles, yeah. he's put out Keep It Hit and Waiting on a Song independently, and now he has the arcs yep. as well. yeah. And so I love what they do at Easy Eye Sound. I'm a huge Dan Arbach fan. Yeah. And so, like, when you we were talking about the arcs and Dan Arbach a little bit earlier, like, what was kind of... Well, like, the, the vibe I kind of got off of it um, is what was the the one song we were getting into, The Flowers in Your Pocket? Yeah. yeah. Put a Flower put a, in Your Pocket. Put a Flower in Your Pocket. And it kind of, like, it, it sounds to me, and I know, like, this that record came out, I think, before maybe or right at the beginning of when the Arctic Monkeys were doing their, started doing their things. Yes. It had a real, like, kind of bluesy, jazzy, Arctic Monkeys kind of feel to it, you know, in a sense. I mean, even... Not really the way he was singing, but he kind of even had the same sound to his voice as the guy from the Arctic Monkeys, I see what you know? You're saying, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Very and I mean, I love the Arctic Monkeys too. Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, I mean, I've got a lot of respect for the Black Keys. And, and like we were talking, the Black Keys are one of those bands. Like, I didn't really kind of get into them at first. Maybe it's just the whole how overwhelmed I am with everything I've got to listen to every week and try to get a show together. Maybe I didn't. And this was even back in, in a time before I was doing Indies Only, but. Maybe I was consuming so much music at the time, I didn't have as much time to spend with it. Sure. But, um, and I don't even, and I, I will be honest with you, I don't know records. I know the Brothers record, but the record with the egg on it? Yeah. Whichever that was, whichever record that, that was. That was your touch. Yeah. So that record right there was That's the one, that was one I had a that chance to really sit and listen. Because, but I'd already. That was Magic Potion. Magic Potion, there you go. And like, I was already, um, a Lonely Boy was already stuck in my head. I'd love that song because yeah. I'd heard that song, you know, we played that song on the radio, you know, or I had heard everything up to that point that we had played on the radio, but it, it only, I came later, you know, 
I wasn't right off the bat with. And mm-hmm. normally I like to be that dude, you know. I mean, because, hell, you think back to, you know, I saw Pearl Jam on the 10 record live. I saw Rage Against the Machine during their first record live. I saw Tool during the opiate, you know. So I like to get in on the bands uh, when they first start yeah. coming up. I mean, I'm an older dude. I mean, of course, you've probably seen bands that I haven't seen their first, you know, tour around or whatever. But I like to get I in. I call band the horses quit. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I caught them uh, their first album with uh, the funeral and all that, mm-hmm. and like I've caught them two oh, times since then. Such an intense, I had great caught song. every album they put out until like they've got five out now, and I haven't caught the last two live. But yeah, they haven't been back around. Yeah. Do you ever fall out with a band when they get big that you that you started out liking? Yes. Yes, that happens. Um, I remember when Radioactive with Imagine Dragons. Yep. It was my roommate. We were living in Mobile, and that track was playing on 92 The Zoo down there. It's a really great. It's not a college station, but they play like a lot of alternative, like a, you know, a typical college station would. Yeah. And they played Radioactive, and I remember I, was, I telling my roommate, I was like, "This is going to be a huge thing," and I was like, "It's going to get blown out of proportion." And it was, you know, they played the national championship game for college football at halftime this season. And I haven't liked what those guys have done. Like, it almost makes me cringe when I hear Natural or uh, Thunder come on the radio. And, like, what's the, I started out really enjoying Imagine Dragons. Yeah. And when I watch, like, a video of Imagine Dragons, when it's them, mm-hmm. like, even especially acoustic, I can go back to those days I first caught them. But now it feels like it's so overhyped and it's so commercial and it's like they're a formula. Yeah, I think I think they're they're now the 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 mold for the cookie cutter. They're like the Nickelback of, of, of today. Exactly, and and I, I wanted actually I was noticing today on our website at alt one hundred seven dot com. Um, Corey Taylor, lead singer for Slipknot and for Stone Sour, says that Imagine Dragons have replaced Nickelback as the worst band. <laughs> What's wow. this quote? Well, <laughs> but I mean, I don't, two. I don't, I don't, I don't completely, I don't, I don't diss on um, Imagine Dragons personally because there's something about that natural song. I mean, it it, it, it pumps me up. It's like, yeah, it, I need they that are song, like you know? Thunder and Natural. They do. And when I first and the dude them, knows really... how to write a hit. He I really, knows what's going to catch. I really like it at first. Yeah. And then, like, you just hear it and hear it and hear it. And it's like the I last mean, thing I get, like, Lovely the Band. Yeah. No, Broken. I love Broken when it, I first heard it, but now it's like, what? I'm so sick of it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But, I mean, you know, we probably listen to radio more than, than normal people listen to radio. or sure. You know, and me, personally, I listen to it in a different way than most people do, you know? Yeah, sure. So... But, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to hate on Imagine Dragons, but I understand completely yeah. what you're talking about. But I also, too, I don't I don't own an uh, Imagine Dragons record. I don't I don't. You know, I don't. Um, I've never sat and listened to their entire record. I just sit and listen to what's on the radio, yeah. and I really like what's on the radio. And National Championship game, thought that was a great performance other than Lil Jon. Yeah. Dressed up like E.T., hiding in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was so yeah. crazy. But I didn't like it. Was it Lil Jon? It was Or Lil Wayne? It was Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne, there you yeah, go. Yeah, okay. Lil Wayne. Lil yeah. Wayne. Yeah, I'm not trying to diss Imagine Dragons. I was having a conversation about this the other day, and it's crazy like that article come up with Slipknot lead singer, you know? Yeah. It's because for so many years, it was like a 10-year span, Nickelback. Like, Photograph, I don't like that. Now, if you go back to Animals and their earlier stuff, it's kind of like that first 
album, second album, third album, you lose me. Like go back to early Nickelback, I'm cool, but yeah. Nickelback today, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not. And that's um, why I was a huge Black Keys fan, because Dan Arbach said in an interview that we're here to bring back rock and roll because Nickelback killed it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's kind of like the, the way we were talking last week. And, you know, again, not a slide on the killers, but I think record companies kind of attach themselves to a certain sound. When they find something that works, they kind of just bleed it to death. You know, mm-hmm. all these smaller labels, I mean, you can't blame the smaller labels. They want to get, uh, they want to get their, their, their cut of the pie. Yeah, exactly. You know, they want to buy into it. But I think, too, you know, as you and I were talking about earlier, I think, too, that, that a lot of bands have maybe been influenced by record labels or by executives or by managers to kind of change their sound to fit something like this, you know, and that's sad to see too. A smaller band coming up, you know, they got one sound and then by the time they put their record out, they sound like the killers or they sound like Creed, you know, I mean, because like we were saying, and again, no slide against the killers, but they kind of, that whole alternative thing, whenever that happened in the two thousands, when the killers came out, you had Franz Ferdinand, you had all these bands that sounded just like them, uh, Kaiser Chiefs, and it just kind of overwhelmed the format. And so it kind of, it basically just surged the system and, and alternative blew up. Same thing happened to, I think, rock. And, and I knew it a lot because at the time when Creed came out, I was on classic rock radio. And so I think that Creed, pretty much everybody started. And that's where Nickelback came from. But Nickelback kind of hung around because Chad Kroger knows his way around a riff. And he knows how to ride a hook. And he mm-hmm. found it. You know, I do not like Nickelback. I don't either. I, there's not one iota of me that, that is a Nickelback fan. But I understand what he did. And he, I mean, roll with it. Like Taylor Swift, go with it, girl, if you got it. Ride that wave while you can. Yeah. You know, I'm just not going to probably be there to support you, you know. And then what do you think, too? Did you hear the the rumors? And I think they're, now I think they've been squashed. But the rumors that... Um, Chad Kroger was the fan choice to front the um, reunited Nirvana. Did you ever hear that? I didn't hear it, and I would be <laughs> hell no. I mean that that made that made me that made my butt clench up. I was like, Whoa, no. what? No, 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 no. No, don't on. don't do Nirvana again. Let Nirvana be. I mean, that's it, what I say too. That's what I say, and especially not with Chad Kroger. Come on, no hell, no way. How are you going to compare the two? Let me get Frances Bean to to front the thing. She's making music now. I don't think yeah, she's. As, different she's sex. definitely her sound's not as raw as her dad's was. Um, but yeah, and then also too, Mike Shinoda, um, in, in an article that I read uh, today, said that he's open to finding another singer for Lincoln Park, which I don't agree with because I'm I'm like for me, I liked Chester Bennington until I heard him when he fronted that few songs he recorded with Stone Temple Pilots. And then I loved Chester Bennington. I mean, it was like, oh my gosh. And he could sing. He's a kind of got a Led Zeppelin-y thing going when he wants to, oh, you know? We were talking about this um, a couple nights ago with Big John. He's a Linkin Park fan. Yeah. But he kind of ended it the same time I did. You had um, Meteora, mm-hmm. and then you had Hybrid Theory, and then they done this Jay-Z remix. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. have... Uh, the next album that come out, but you had that song called Giving Up, mm-hmm. where Chester Bennington literally said, I've given up. And when he said, uh, that literally happened for like a minute and a half. And I was like, did you ever smoke a cigarette in your life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah. And so, an um, incredible vocalist, and I didn't even know that him and Chris were so tightly wound. Yeah, they were, I mean, 
I guess, somewhat best friends. Yeah, he wrote that, you know, what if one more star burns out and then, you know, the next day he was dead too. Yeah. And, man. It's so crazy too. I mean, somebody, especially for anybody who grew up in the 90s like myself, to see all these people just kind of one by one. And here recently. with And you only have Eddie Better left. Now, frontman-wise. I mean, there are a lot. There's a whole bunch that we're not thinking about. But, I mean, you've got Dolores O'Riordan gone. I mean, that right there, my second email address was at cranberries.net. That was back when bands allowed you to go to their website and you could create an email address oh. off of their website. Yeah. So my, my, my first one was at garbage.net. So I was a huge garbage fan. But, you know, you got Dolores, you got Chris Cornell, you got uh, Chester Bennington, and there's probably a hundred other people I'm not thinking about, yeah, you know. You got Cat from SDP. Scott Weiland, yeah. I mean, Scott Weiland, well, that was you know, yeah, four or five later. years ago. But still, it's it's still, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't really understand. I don't understand that lifestyle because I don't live it, you know. So I don't understand the pressures that they're under and stuff like that. But it's just sad that, you know, all these voices of our generation are we're never going to hear again, you know. Chris Cornell, man, he was one of my favorite, like, Soundgarden, Audio Slave, and even the Higher Truth and his solo work. I mean, mm-hmm. huge Chris Cornell fanatic. And the day that he, you know, next morning here on the radio, and Chris Cornell ain't with us no more. Yeah. That was probably one of the first times, like, I actually almost cried, you know, yeah. over, like, an artist dying. Yeah. It's kind of, it was almost like the Elvis thing to me, like, for, like, my mother or grandmother. Gotcha, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, for for me, <laughs> for me losing um, Dolores O'Riordan, that was one. It stuck with me. It was like the day that the crocodile hunter Steve Irwin died. That stuck with me for like four days. I was sad about that shit. Yeah. And then same thing with Dolores O'Riordan. I was just listening to the cranberries, going, "I can't believe that she's gone. I can't believe it. Oh my gosh, what did happened?" You, you know? Did you like? Uh, I can't even think of the Bad Wolves. No. Did you like the cover? No. I didn't either. No. And then, and have you seen the video? Yeah. When they got the girl dressed up like Dolores, like yeah. no guys. I mean, I understand. I mean, I guess they were friends with her or whatever. But I don't, no, I don't like that. Yeah, I wouldn't lose it. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Um, I don't know anything about Bad Wolves other than that song. But on that song, they sounded like Creed. You know, they sounded like Creed and those bands that followed doing that stuff. It's like this generic. Um, this this rock that I don't care for. I'm not gonna call it generic because it's they've got their own style. But like disturbed, I'm just not. That's not my style. That's but I mean, they did do something I thought was cool. They did their own spin on the song. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that when any band takes a song and doesn't completely just straight up redo it. Yeah, I like to hear your version of it. You know, how familiar are you with uh, Weezer's Teal album, the the cover album they just put out? I've only heard the two Africa. Toto songs. Okay, yeah, Africa and Rosanna that are on okay. that. I've not heard any of the rest of them. Okay, have you heard Toto's version of Hash Pipe? Yes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is insane! And why Toto? I never would have figured. Was, but you know what it was like to me, and I don't know who said it first because it wasn't me. But yeah. I, I think it was on Twitter, and I wish I could give props, but I can't remember who said it. It was like. This is like your stepdad's garage bag covered Weezer. <laughs> <laughs> and I related exactly, to that yes, so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could totally see that. But it was cool. I mean, it really was. I mean, because Weezer made them a whole bunch more money. Yeah. You know, because that was, that was the biggest hit that Weezer had had this decade, or in a decade. Mm-hmm. And it was, I think, their longest number one hit. 
Yeah. Because it was like six or seven weeks at the top of the alternative I charts. Know, Insane. I, I know when it hit, y'all were, y'all were playing the hell out of it. Yeah. And 999 was playing it, and like there were other radio stations I tuned into. I was like, y'all almost can't get away from it. <laughs> yeah. That was everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you'd be all hanging out in the Old Navy and it's playing. <laughs> you know, it's I'm like, doing, it's yeah. everywhere I go. Yeah. Oh, no. I can't stop. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're doing the Muzak version of the Weezer version of the song, so it just never ends. Yeah, that was, that, that was a good tip of the hat both ways, though. I like that they've done it. Yeah, Cash yeah, that was it. very that was very cool. Yeah, because it all came about. They did the the Rosanna cover, but then people kept pushing them. No, you got to do Africa because mm-hmm. I mean Rosanna's cool, but Africa is yeah, a that is total. killer song. Yeah, that's the song I think about, and that's one of my favorite songs from the mm-hmm. uh, the the eighties. You know, yeah. So, but I, we were talking outside about uh, people that we admire a whole lot and you were talking about Dan Arbach how do you feel about Jack White dude man crush central <laughs> exactly <laughs> big old yeah he's I'm telling you dude White Stripes blew me away that was my first taste of Jack White and then uh, there was this I think it was a TV show or I'm only familiar with it on YouTube but it's called uh, This Might Get Loud yeah when he literally like took a piece of wood a glass bottle mm-hmm. and like a Steel yep. string uh-huh. and made it make sense. Like sound. the old blues people used to do, yeah. And I was like, there's something special about this cat. Yeah. Uber talented. I mean, and as. So, White Stripes, Dead Weather, Rackin' Tours, solo stuff. And not to mention that Third Man Records. Yep. And like his background was is crazy in and of itself. Is like he was a guy that was studying seminary. You know, he was going to be like a priest or a pastor or mm-hmm. whatever you want to put your spin on it. And, like, through all that, he stepped back, I think, after maybe half a semester and said, "Mm, music is going to be the religion. And I think that was the way that he put it. Yeah. And I'll be if he didn't make it that way. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, man, like, connecting, like, it doesn't matter what avenue you go with me. If you want to talk dead weather, you want to talk white stripes, you want to talk about raconteurs or just Jack Whack, Lazaretto. Yeah. Uh, If you want to talk about Borden House Reach, I am with it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the Lazaretto um, record, um, my favorite anything Jack White's ever put out is the Lazaretto record. But I was telling you about it because you've got it on CD. Mm-hmm. I've got it on vinyl. And just to talk, we were talking about Third Man Records and how innovative that Jack White is. And I think Jack White has been um, one of those driving forces that has you know, made this surge, this comeback of vinyl, you know, music and people buying vinyl. And, you know, hell, when I'm getting records in at the radio station from Thomas Rhett on vinyl, you know, I mean, everybody's putting out vinyl because everybody wants to, well, not everybody, but most everybody wants the records these days. But Jack White, so innovative. He did, you know, he broke the Guinness Book of World Records recording and putting out the world's first fastest song or whatever the hell it was you know that was totally cool but when you get the lazaretto record the cool thing about it you pull it out of its sleeve and i've got it right over there i could just pull it out and show it to you here but it really wouldn't equate over your your podcast but, about it, yeah. but i'll describe it so you pull it out one side is your normal shiny vinyl mm-hmm. you flip it over the other side is a flat dull not shiny vinyl almost like a mat so one of the sides and i don't remember which side one of them plays from the inside out. And then, if you flip the record over, the first song on the record has two different intros depending on where you set your needle. That, my friends, is innovation. And there's somewhere in there, somebody told me, and when you look at the, the glossy side, you're supposed to see an angel 
in the reflect, you know, when you look wow. at it in the light, I've, I've not seen the, I feel yeah. like I saw it one time, but maybe it was just beer. So I don't know for sure. <laughs> but lit ladder. We might be a good look here today. Yeah, exactly. We may have to pull it out here in a few minutes. But, I mean, Jack White, just everything he's doing is so damn innovative. And he's got the third man records. And you were talking about it. If you've never been there, you got to go there. Just be the novelty of it and how cool it is. Um, you're not going to probably, you're not, at the time you go, unless you go when there's a show there, you're not going to be able to go in any other part of the building. But, um, man, it's just uh, phenomenal. Everything he's done from putting out these strange, weird records. But there's so many people out there doing that whole strange, weird thing, like Shooter Jennings and his his label, um, Black Country Rock. Mm-hmm. He's doing some innovative things, putting out records by, um, what was the, Mr. Belding, the, the principal on Saved by the Bell. He yeah. put out a record by him. He put out a Christmas story by with, with uh, Mankind, the wrestler. You know, he put out a, a piano record from uh, from Ron Jeremy, the porn star. I mean, he's doing these little crazy, innovative yeah. things, you know. Yeah. But um, so good to see, you know, people like Jack White and Shooter and, and people who are just, um, you know, forward thinkers and in, in, in how music is going to grow and where it's going, yeah. you know. I mean, and I'm really, happy to see them at the helm, personally. And, and really having the influence on it, like you said. Like, I remember when Third Man Records started, they yep. had the Blue Room. And I was watching Anthony Bourdain's, you know, Parts Unknown, caught the Nashville episode, was completely unfamiliar with Margot Price. Yep. And she was on that episode, and she recorded live in the Blue Room at Third Man Records mm-hmm. at Jack White's place. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. That they're cutting something straight from recording to the record? Yep. And that's the way it is? Yep. I gotta get my hands on this. And she was nominated, she didn't get it, but... Best New Artist of 2018 for uh-huh. the Grammys. Yeah. And by the way, Nashville didn't want her. And he cut that album. You take it over to the UK, it was the number one album in the UK. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And yeah. That, that's another thing about this. He knows where music is. And I think like what you were saying, he is freelancing it. And he's, he's taking it where it's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard the new Tours? Put out those two new songs. Those they two, put, those two been, singles, man. I think it's been like ten years ago that he put out the first Rec on Tours record. Um, Steady as she goes. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. I mean, this new stuff. I cannot wait to hear the rest. You know, Dead Weather. I'll say that I've not had a hundred percent time to sit down and get into that. I've listened to it. It's like pops up when I listen to my Jack White radio. Yeah. yeah years ago, I heard Henry Rollins, one of my favorite vocalists, one of my favorite people. I like what he stands for. I like how he, he lives his life. Granted, I don't live mine the same as he does, but I, I love everything that Henry Rollins does. It doesn't matter what he'll do. But he said years ago, because he's a huge fan of Perry Farrell from Jane's Addiction and Porno for Pyros, and he said, I don't care if Perry Farrell took a chopsticks and beat on a refrigerator. If he puts it on record, I'm going to buy it. And I'm the same way with Jack White. I, I don't care. He doesn't have to sing. I'm going to know it's Jack White and I'm going to love it. <laughs> it's almost as bad as like seeing a music video. It's like, I immediately know whose mind it came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So I'm, I, I love music like that that just like takes you over. Um, and people that can influence and, and I guess do it in the way that I would have wanted to do it too, you know. 
because Jack White, shit, I would love to be in his shoes, <laughs> you know. And I mean, that money aside, I mean, I would just love to be able to, be to, to have that power where I can kind of like say, and maybe, I don't know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a radio dude, but I mean, I, I think I've got some knowledge of the music industry and, you know, I think I could do some things, but I don't know. I mean, my creative mind is in a different area right now, but I would love to be in his position where I could just like say, hey, I got a record label. What the hell am I going to do today? Whatever, you know? I, whatever I want. <laughs> Gosh, I'd love that. Just yeah. go out here, a good band at the, the bar like he did with Margot Price. She yeah. played South by Southwest. He heard her and he was like, oh, I shit. Want you. Yeah, come on. Lily May played violin and fiddle for him for years and she's he's finally like hey you're awesome let's put out your record i love the lily mm -hmm. may record you know um so yeah thumbs up to jack white all day long beat on some beat on a refrigerator with some chopsticks i'll buy it dude yeah, I'm <laughs> telling you, you, could, you could make that bottle steel string with that piece of wood and i'd buy that uh -huh. not against it all right let's roll on out man we are at the untapped portion drew the city brewing thank you for the lamp lighter Oh my goodness. <laughs> Bo and Elliot, I love you. Hopefully you'll listen to this podcast and you'll be like, oh no, cool, you're trying our beer. This is one of the most, this is my favorite IPA in the world. It's a Lamplighter IPA. And see, I thought, when I first heard about Lamplighter, do you know what a Lamplighter is? Years ago, I don't think maybe in the United States we had it, but years ago over in England, they had a dude, that was his job every night, was to go out and light all the lamps along the streets. Okay. So, I guess that became a thing, and so there was an old place in Tuscaloosa called the Lamplighter that people used to go to all the time, so therefore the Lamplighter IPA. And three, two, one, mind blown. There's your backstory. My favorite IPA, and it's really cool too, and I've talked with Bo and I've talked with Elliot about this before, they bitter with the, the Columbus hops, but you, you kind of get when you taste it, it's one of the most floral IPAs I've ever had. It's really cool because there's really only the Columbus that they bitter with. And then there's the Falconer's flight, which is a combination of several different hops. So essentially it's only made with two hops, but it's made with a whole lot more. And it just gives this, this burst of flavor it's smooth and it's got that fruity pebble taste when you burp it. <laughs> like we were talking about yeah, that, earlier. That burp, yeah, the burp we, I've been looking for it. You're right. Yeah. I had one earlier. I was like, oh, man. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I mean it was really cool whenever um, whenever Bo and Elliot, because they were just two dudes that kind of hung around and, and brewed beer together. And all of a sudden, they said, well, I want to just open up a damn brewery and make some money off this and you know, do, well. it, do it for a living. So that's what they did. And, and, and I think they kind of set the stage. Of course, they had a lot of help from some of the Birmingham breweries as well, good people being one of them. But it was really kind of cool because once they came along, then all the dudes that started up Black Warrior – Brewing Company in Tuscaloosa. They kind of came and then they started and did their own thing and, and the beer thing. in Alabama has been growing, you know, exponentially. Um, yes. You know, There's you, so many down south in the Mobile and Fairhope area. You sure. Had Fairhope brewing yeah, a lot up in guys. Huntsville, you yeah. know, and then Birmingham and now in Tuscaloosa. It's you really know, getting then, into the culture here. Yeah, and then for a while you had the guys from, from Band of Brothers Brewing Company who brewed the monk on the radio. You know, they, you had those guys over doing their thing, you know. I don't really know what, where they are right now. Um, I don't see Monk on the radio on the shelves anymore, so I don't really know. But anyways, Druid City and Black Warrior still doing their thing. I mean, I think in the next four or five years, I mean, you're going to see breweries all across the South. I mean, because I don't know how many have popped up like within the last year or two. Oh, I'm telling you. But yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's, there's a, a buku, you know, and it just goes back to that whole... And just tasting this right here, I mean, that right there is... 
the re, the lamplighter and things they do at, at some of these breweries around the state of Alabama and the state of Mississippi, that's the reason I like craft beer because it is definitely a craft. It is their heart and soul. It's their palate. And you get to experience something that knocks them off their sock, you know, knocks their socks off, right. you know, and I, it does mine as well. So, yeah, I just, I, I remember talking about the monk on the radio beer while, I, you know, you telling the story about how it came to be. And I was yeah. like, that's pretty wild, you know, yeah. just like, well, I like this. Can you put that in it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, my only addition was the cracked pepper. And then my friend, Willie Bob, who I don't know if you ever saw that show on Viceland, where they did it was called it was called Beerland I believe it was I've never saw that and they went around and they came to Tuscaloosa we went out there hot as hell one day for a, a the the shoot of the show and I, I'm just in the background hanging out with you know yeah with uh, Johnny Shine's daughter or whatever so they're out there and they start talking to Willie Bob well Willie Bob he made this peach hefeweizen yeah and the girl ended up liking it so it was one of the three out of this whole little tour she did of of little you know small home brewers. That was one of the three beers. He ended up getting, he didn't, I don't think he won the overall, but she liked his beer so much, she put his beer out in her brewery, the wow. uh, the uh, Golden Road Brewing Company out in, in um, I think around Los Angeles. I may be a little off on my facts there. The lamplighter's really kicking in. But Willie Bob <laughs> also does a, a thing, and you can follow him on the, uh, on the Instas, Mr. Fishing Company. Well, he does his own hot sauces. Like, grows everything. It's all his own all shit. All the peppers. And- well, he gets in touch with me, and he's like, hey, I want to use your name. And I'm like, ooh, and a hot sauce? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yes. So, Thunder Monk will be coming out. Thunder Monk. Thunder Monk will be coming out. Um, I'm not going to tell you anything more, because I, I, he asked me, he says, what do you want in it? What heat level do you want? I chose everything I wanted. He says, no problem, I got it. Cool. So I yeah. can't wait to try yeah. it. Dude. I even got to pick the peppers that I wanted in it. So cool. It's oh. going to be cool. So and we ain't having no leaks. <laughs> what? We're not having any leaks. <laughs> nope. Don't ask. Nope. Nope. You nope. wait till it comes out. Yep. So so we'll have to uh, we'll have to, to maybe one time we do the untapped and, and vinyl thing we'll have to we'll have to try the hot sauce. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'm perfectly buzzed, man. I appreciate you uh, having me out to do this again. Yes, Cheers. Sir. This has been another episode of Porch Talk Monk. Uh, thanks, man. I Not a problem. You sitting down with me, brother. Anytime. All right. Peace out. Hey, so I was planning on doing a cover. I was going to do a Band of Horses cover, but changed my mind. We ended up writing this. It's kind of a part of the delay for the episode dropping. Sorry, but I thought it was cool. So this original tune is called Defenestration, and what that means is to throw something or someone out the window. And so it's the idea behind it is like throwing the old me out, like uh, you know, the, the parts of you that uh, you're done with. Can you play my own song? It's like uh, take four here. Okay.
back, raise the dead. I'm so frustrated Cause you took my name and left Finally felt free As I stepped out and took my leave No more glass house for people to Throw stones to get to me Just breathing Enough of wasting time on opinion It don't matter anyway No more goodbye No more letdown It's been too late, too long And I'm so far gone through these hands as grains of sand she didn't just leave this county the whole country in tow headed for that great unknown Straight in two stories. I thought it was dead. Turns out what you're saying, it gave what it needed. Break these chains and live. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.